Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot with episode 66 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by Jobber. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Buzzing about the Euros. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Barney? Yeah, good, thanks, Sean. Jeez, that intro goes for a while now, doesn't it? Jeez, you what sound pleasant. then, mate? You sound pleasant <laughs> as a biscuit, bun. Um Halsey's here too. How are you, mate? Yeah, it was good until that comment about the length of the intro. I really took that one to the heart, but uh, no, nah, good otherwise. Hey, I've been surfing around on the blogs and it's been getting good, good reviews. Nice and solid. <laughs> don't worry. Don't you listen to them, Aussie. Um, yeah. All right. Hey, stack pod. Um, obviously, you got the review to get through and the previews and games coming up. So, weekly happenings. Let's go barn cracking. All righty. So, first one, hot off the press. Um, did you boys see the Greenpeace activists come in real hot to the France-Germany game? Yeah, now, I'm not sure if he was just looking for a, like a good seat on the on the sideline or whether he had some uh, ulterior motives. But he basically what happened is this uh, this activist came skydiving in, and as he's entered the stadium, he's hit one of these spider cam wires and sort of done a bit of a done a bit of a front flip <laughs> in midair, and then obviously lost lost his control and came in. I think I'm pretty sure he clipped some poor woman in the crowd and sent oh. it to the hospital. It was in the media oh, center, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then and then um, almost hit Didier Deschamps as well, uh, knocked some debris onto the pitch right near the French bench, and then um, landed just near Antonio Rudiger, who actually helped him up. Didn't bite. Then, no, no, didn't get a nibble. <laughs> okay, he saved that one, but uh, no, and then he was es- obviously escorted off the pitch. So a bit of a interesting start to that game. Comes down, yeah. he's got two broken ankles. <laughs> and still walking. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get. I wish it was worse. But I don't know how he thought he was because that he would have hit the you know the spider cam. That's what he's hit. He's hit one of those wires, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I don't know how he thought he could sort of yeah skydive down with like Get a long arm in between parachute. them. Yeah, in between. Yeah, them. like you'd have to be pretty good. But maybe he I'm didn't really know. sure he got his meshes across at all. Yeah, he might not have scouted properly and known there was spider cam in the stadium. Whatever his recon was is a bit faulty. Someone, someone who parachutes into a stadium like that, they never yeah. strike me as particularly bright. So no. I, don't, I don't think they're looking that far ahead. Yeah, like, i got a yeah. message. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to break my ankles doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Win-win. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All righty. So the next one we've got is the uh, keeper from Haiti. He uh, had a massive blunder. <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught this the video on this one, but it's one of the worst goalkeeping areas you're likely to see ever. So... Uh, not under any pressure, the defense, they do a nice slow pass back to their keeper. He sort of goes to take a touch and almost does a step over over it accidentally. Okay, no worries. He's still got time to recover. <laughs> what? That's what you think. He sort of jog- jogs back to- and then goes to clear it out wide, kicks the ball with his planting foot and knocks it straight into the net. And it is one of the worst keeping blunders I've ever seen. What do you boys think? I thought it was match fixing, hands down. <laughs> Had to be. Did you hear was- the commentator? He's like straight away, he was like Canadian-born keeper. He's do- yeah. doing one for his country. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's it's so dodgy. Like, it was horrific. That's like, even someone who's just started playing sports couldn't have stuffed that up that bad. I just don't understand it. 
the um, he would have won a lot of uh, Haitian gurad, which is their um, currency over there. Um, What's the for that? version on that one? <laughs> it looked um, it looked so deliberate, didn't it? Like, yeah, it did. Because when he's trying to clear that last one right before it went over the line, he he's looking at the ball like really yeah. concentrating. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, as, I don't know if we have any, like, Haitian gangster listeners, but I'd like to say that those views don't necessarily represent the views of the entire pod. Um, I'm actually quite popular in that part of the world. So I, I think I think it was just a just an error. It wasn't his day. <laughs> oh, hey, it looks so obvious that if you're going to do that, you, sh- you should give away a pen and then let that in. That'd be much easier than, uh, yeah. yeah, doing a little... I don't think, I don't think his, rea- his reaction to it really sold it for me either. He sort of... His reaction yeah. was like, you know, hand on mouth. Oh, like, oh no. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Did I make it look not not as obvious? Oh no! I just paid off the mortgage. All righty, we'll move on to uh, a topic that's probably taken over the Twitter sphere this week, and it's uh, Coke Gate slash Watergate two point oh. So can I can I say I'm I'm sick of this. I am absolutely <laughs> sick of it. Yeah, every, every press conference it, it gets oh, another, another set of so legs. Good. So, so good. It all started with Ronaldo. Who he um everyone would have seen this by now is he grabs the cokes off the off the uh, table at the end of the game press conference, puts them on the ground, and then um grabs his water bottle and says agua, which is uh, water in Spanish or Portuguese actually. Sorry, for I think those both, you'll find. Well, I'm pretty I'm pretty good on and my Italians and my, my languages. Anyway, he's uh he said agua and put it down the table, and obviously this got read into way too much. And uh, I think five billion in value was wiped off of uh, mm. Coke's like one point three percent, yeah, market share. Is, yeah. is this bigger? Three dollars a share price. Yeah. yeah, is this bigger than the bloke eating the pie on the bench at Sutton United versus Arsenal? Like, are we talking that sort of stratosphere? Big Not on quite. Twitter? No. I don't think it's happy. Not quite. <laughs> so, and then since then, it's just gotten some serious legs, and now every single press conference after the game. A players re- interacting, or if you're the Russian coach, Churchesov, you're interacting with it as well. Yeah. Josh, I know you're a big fan of this one. Yeah, he. You just see, he, he grabbed both <laughs> Coke bottles, yeah, and he <laughs> used one bottle to crack the other one, like without even blinking, yeah. while he was like waiting for questions to be thrown at him. And then he starts necking the. It went for the the Coke No Zero. Yeah, no sugar. You're not fooling anyone, mate. There's only together and do both at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, there's only one step up from that, and that's just if he, instead of cracking them with each other, he would have just cracked it with his teeth and then, yeah, yeah. Cracked the Heineken with his teeth. Did you then, see? Yeah, you go. So I was going to say the, the latest one I've seen is uh, Yarmolenko. Yeah. Yeah, who grabbed both the Coke and the Heineken bottles, put them in front of him, and then said, Guys, get in contact with me. Yeah, he wants a sponsorship. <laughs> a sponsorship. That's oh, that a, was genius. That's yeah. the way I do it. But I think either way, the sponsors are winning, aren't they? Like, yeah, I've yeah. never seen so much publicity by Ronaldo like getting rid of their drinks. So, and to, I mean, to no read publicity. it, to read in, to read into it further, uh, apparently the rumor mill has said that uh, it was Ronaldo talking to his son, yeah. who's back home, who's mm. uh, who's who apparently loves uh, potato chips and soft drink, and Ronaldo absolutely hates it. Oh. So that was him reminding him that I'm always watching. Don't you even think yeah. about grabbing that he, soft drink? He's not going to have cheese grater abs like his dad unless he uh, stays off the. Not, a, not that age. Yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> what the conspiracy theory side? Charlie Adams. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Adams. Late career, Charlie Adams. That bonnet. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one we've got is Ronaldo to Wolves. So this was a bit of a shock to me. So I uh, I just opened up my uh, latest transfer news. Um, obviously. 
the most legitimate news going around. And the top top of the table was Ronaldo to Wolves. Apparently, this is uh, this is potentially going to happen. A thirty, I think they said he's going to they're going to offer him thirty one million dollars a year to come what? to Wolves. It was obviously all driven by uh, Mendes, the super agent, who is Ronaldo's agent, and he's basically signed everyone for Wolves in the past four or five years. So I don't know. What do you what do you boys think on the on the likeliness meter of this happening? Uh, I can't see it having too much legs. I think Ronaldo's got to look at his... Um, he doesn't have to. Unfortunately, he does um, look at his own brand. I just think Wolves doesn't seem like a um, good fit for him. And I can't see Ronaldo living in Wolverhampton. Yeah. <laughs> FIFO, maybe. Yeah. FIFO. Could afford it. <laughs> I reckon, I, to be honest, when I saw that in the running sheet, I thought that was just a clickbait title we are going to use for the episode. <laughs> Had no weight whatsoever. But if you're saying it does, then I, I, I welcome it. I look forward to that. It yeah. happens. I'm with you, I'm yeah. with you, Halsey. I thought that was just filler. I thought yeah. that if we ran out of topics to discuss, I thought that's please explain. Uh, yeah. that's most, most of your points, Jabba. <laughs> uh, righty. So next one, and this is very exciting for the, all the Australian fans out there. Ange Postacoglu oh. has gotten the gig at Celtic, and okay, big question: Will he take him back to the glory days? No, not with Stevie G at Rangers. Don't bother. <laughs> no bias. <laughs> it's, it's big for Australian football, isn't it? No, I know, in the in the context of like where we actually sit, it's a pretty big job. Yeah, definitely. What about playing for Celtic? Oh, he's not going to play. Ask Rogic. No, I mean, like Tom Rogic. <laughs> he's on my, oh, these are wrong side of fifty. <laughs> like this, but players that like Tom Rogic played for them. <laughs> What's yeah. the right side of fifty for Celtic? <laughs> no, it's a it's a huge appointment, as you say, and I think um, this has been rumbling on for a while. And the reason it hadn't didn't come a little bit faster apparently was because he did not have the um, coaching badges to mm. be able to, to be appointed. So, yeah, he sort of had to get fast-tracked through um, through that process. And, had to get his C license. C license. And um, <laughs> fun fact, I was actually down at uh, Brighton Beach doing a recovery one time and um, Ange pulled up in his uh, Mercedes Oof. and uh, was drinking a, a coffee leaning on his Mercedes on Brighton Beach. And, um, Just watching you boys. Like, I know what they say about TV, it adds 15 pounds, but I saw him in real life and he looked thick. Yeah. <laughs> Especially around the neck. Was he in the budgies? <laughs> no, but I think he's running like uh, jeans, like the oversized, and then a, a t-shirt, but like one of those ones where the collars all pulled out, and it's like old. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. he's at the beach, yeah. mate. Yeah, uh, just relaxing. It wasn't a skim latte then? He was drinking. All right, Barney, can we move on to my yeah. um, my favourite topic this week? And I want you. I need you to do the exact translation too, please. You know, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bleep out some of this, but. Uh, so Anatovich was uh, was seen gesturing in the direction of Alioski, and this is in the um, this is in the Austria versus North Macedonia game. So we touched on it last time about how he was yelling something to him, and uh, apparently it was "I'm effing your your Albanian mother." That's what the <laughs> that's what that's been has been quoted as, and he's got a one match ban for it. Too I mean, personal, you reckon? <laughs> Oh, he didn't say her name, so yeah, <laughs> it could be anyone. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. But also, you talk about something going from zero to a hundred real quick. Like <laughs> he wasn't on the field long enough to like. <laughs> yeah. to, 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 I don't know how he gets. He, he gets. In these, I told you, these he's situations. came. He's come on the field thinking about that. He's like, I just yeah. need the right moment to drop this on Alioski, and then I'll take a one match ban. He's been, he's been DMing Alioski pregame. <laughs> Build it, build it did up. You, did you see his um, Instagram post after? Um, he came out and said that he's not a racist and he has um, many Albanian friends. So <laughs> that's, that's, always, oh. that's always the go-to for a racist, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was that referee in the Liga who got um, pulled up for racism this year. He had the exact same like get out of jail free cards. Oh, I've got I've got heaps of friends though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did- so uh, yeah, I was surprised that he only got one match. To be honest, if that's actually if that's they've given him one for saying that, then like sure you nah. get more for saying that. Nah, you, you mean. They get thrown around all the time, like in like every day. Like, where are you going? <laughs> the coffee shop. What games are you playing? Why are they so specific? I play with a lot of Greek clubs, and <laughs> that doesn't make it quite okay. Personal. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll move. We'll move on to the next one, and just just when you thought the Tottenham managerial role couldn't get any more ridiculous, hashtag No Two was trending on Twitter. So why? What has happened is apparently the Paolo Fonseca deal, which looked almost a certainty for the Tottenham job, is now down the drain. Um, there was financial issues. Apparently, there's some uh, tax concessions that Fonseca currently gets in Italy that he wouldn't be able to get in, in England, and that was a big part of it. Um, but anyway, that deal is off the table. And then I, well, I think what we did is we just looked at the most recent available managers and Gattuso had just left Fiorentina. So they're like, all right, let's let's go approach Gattuso. And then basically uh, a bunch of Tottenham fans started the no to Gattuso um, hashtag on Twitter and it got trending because of his, uh, let's, let's say, negative comments towards women in the past as well as uh, slightly racist and... Um, and just he's just not the nicest bloke. Keep telling around it, Barney. He has a very checkered past with making yeah. remarks about minority groups. Um, yeah. and like that's not like yeah. one or two incidents. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. real. And the other thing about Reno is he was a childhood hero of mine, like absolute beast. Um, but he's also a psychopath. Um, oh, that's he got true. stood very he true. got stood down from Fiorentina after twenty three days. Because his agent, George Mendes, from your previous transfer rumour, wanted to sell Fiorentina two players, which was Sergio Oliveira from Porto and Gonzalo Guedes from Valencia. And the Fiorentina board said, we don't want to buy them. The price is too high. So, you know, when you got like hands in both camps, you're like, I can't lose this one. That was why Reno Gattuso apparently got the Spanish archer from, um, from Fiorentina. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it feels uh, like- I feel as though Spurs aren't going to be happy with whoever is appointed, um, unless it's Pep Guardiola, Klopp, <laughs> or Allegri. Apart well, from that, I, I, seem, uh, they seem unhappy. I know it's Twitter and it's a um, hell of a place to be and hang around and get opinions, I th- but I feel as they're not happy no matter what. I think Fonseca was like at like a right level for us. Like it, it was like it would have been an okay appointment, but and then it fell through because of whatever reasons. But then, yeah, to go for Gattuso was a bit of an odd one, and also I'm pretty sure. Uh, there was a big bust-up with the Tottenham AC Milan game back in the Champions League a while ago, and he Gattuso headbutted Joe Jordan, who was like the assistant coach at the time. So, yeah. I mean, Joe that Jordan, wasn't that Joe long Jordan ago. headbutted people before too, but so let's you not let's not that. say Joe Jordan's in. No, 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 no. But <laughs> Joe Jordan is a, was a Tottenham by guy, so it's like yeah. it's like that's still fresh in the memory of Gattuso, like basically starting a, a full melee against Tottenham. So yeah, I I don't think it would have gone well for him at Tottenham even if he did get the job, and it's probably a good thing we don't get him. But the ridiculousness of this managerial position goes on. We're putting that under Potch Watch? Is that where we're filing that one? I was going to put it under Potch Watch episode Snooze 5. Watch. So, Potch could be back on the cards here. You never know. Oh, <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, all right. What's the next <laughs> one? All right. All right. Come on. Last, <laughs> yeah, last, on. last one for weekly happenings, and then we'll we'll move on. Is, uh, a bit, isn't it? 
<laughs> good, good host, good host. Uh, <laughs> the Norwich Social Media Wizard. Uh, Jobo, I know you wanted to crowbar this one in. What, what, what's happened here? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Oh, shit, you got me. Um, no, so Sky Sports have released the, the schedule for next year. So Norwich have three games. First three games are, I think, it's Liverpool, Manchester City, and Leicester City. And then the fourth game is Arsenal. And then the Sky Sports caption is, Norwich opened the game with three massive fixtures. And then Arsenal just sort of dips into, drops into fourth. <laughs> oh, they're really giving them the big ones this early. I haven't even started yet. It's so brutal. Like, at what point does it become, like, bullying... To, yeah. It's just not funny anymore. Scott Sports are in on it. Norwich is in on it. What? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I did appreciate uh, that. It's it's great from them, though. It's great from them. I do right. appreciate like some mild institutional cyberbullying. Whereas <laughs> towards institution, it's not so bad, right? Yeah, one institution yeah, yeah. to another. Not yeah. like it's a group sort of, of people. Eternal figure <laughs> yeah. in your life of a certain. Yeah. It's not, nah, it's not think about shareholders, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it, boys. So, um, the first fixture we're going to touch on quickly is Scotland nil, Czech Republic two. Barney, I know you're excited about this one. What did you like about this game, Scott McTominay, and what else? <laughs> No to Scott McTominay. Hmm. Very much yes to that Patrick Schick goal. Oh, yeah. Holy Schick. What a strike. <laughs> Holy Schick. That was unreal. So apparently he um, it was after the game, I think, he came out and he was like, yeah, I've been noticing his positioning all game. Bollocks. And then he just and then he just, and he just <laughs> went for it. But to, to, to be fair to him, you, do, like, you don't just hit that randomly out of the blue. Like, you've obviously noticed he's off the line. Like, you check, get, yeah. You have been checking at least once or twice before that to see where he is. You don't just... Get see the ball, yeah. Oh shit! Just smack it as hard as I can at the goal and hope he's off the line. Keeper error this? at all? Or are we okay with the keeper's um, starting position? Uh, because it, like when the shot was taken, that got closed down. Um, he was outside his area, but not mm. a bit before the um, halfway line. And then it was deflected, and then yeah, he obviously couldn't sprint back. So what? Are we I think a little bit. Yeah, he could have been. I reckon a couple more yards closer to the goal, he would have been all right because he gets back almost. And it sneaks in just below the crossbar. See, the thing I find a lot of those long shot goals are blow, like people are blown away by them. But if you just if you kick it over the keeper's head, then it's going to go. That's all you got to do to score a long shot, really. So if the keeper's on the edge of the yard box, there's a huge area which you can kick it in. But this one snuck in right below the bar, so it was really nice. So I think if he had have got back a yard or two quicker, he could have tapped it over. But yeah, so a little bit his fault, but. I Still, think, I think he might have been. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he might have been a little too far. But like modern day football, the keeper is yeah. going to sit so high anyway. So yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be trying to throw it at the keeper. Schick also hit it almost as well as he could to beat the keeper. Like yeah, even if he was a couple yards back, he maybe he might not have got there anyway. But yeah, yeah it was a great hit. It was still a great hit. Unfortunate yeah, unfortunate for Scotland. Um, no teeny for Scotland injured, and um, obviously everyone's favourite Scott, uh, little wee Billy Gilmore, didn't get a start either. So, oh, geez. I think um, teeny will come in for the England fixture, but um, maybe not Billy. Yeah, he was injured, right? It wasn't even in the squad, was yeah. he? Yeah. So, how yeah. good was like the Scottish fans? The atmosphere mm. in the stadium is unreal, and Scotland were. I felt bad for him. Like two 0 was a harsh result. They no, were. I, I thought overall, I thought, I thought they were all right as well. Like, they were the, I, thought I think they, aside they from more likely to equalise than check yeah, the score. I thought. I thought they were like overall over ninety percent of the game. Aside from the finishing, they were the better team. And it's funny because there's such that that sort of up against the wall type team, and with the crowd behind them, when the Czech Republic scored both their goals, it sort of swung momentum more in Scotland's favour. They seemed to 
drive harder when Thrive they conceded. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. So but that, that's oh. something you could never take away from the Scottish team. They're always no. like high energy. They get in your face, um, and like the pride. crowds are always being yeah great, and they play on pride and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I like that. The quality. They just don't have the quality. Yeah, and, um, yeah that, that showed in this game. And that's a short story of this picture. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's move on. So the next one is Poland 1, Slovakia 2. Sean, did you find Robert Lewandowski after this or are they still looking for him? <laughs> yeah, I know, he was a bit quiet, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Before the game, um, they were training on the pitch the day before and there was a social media guy behind the goal and he's doing some filming on his daft little iPhone and um, Lewandowski um, whips one um, over the bar and smashes the iPhone out of his hand. Nice. Um, and there was debate at that time whether he was actually shooting or was he going for the guy oh, on social media. Oh, right, um, right. Lewandowski, he he says that he was aiming for that guy, but based on his performance, I think he was shooting. So, it was a little bit anonymous. I think this game, this result shocked me. Um, I picked Poland to, to win. Um, and also nice to see our first red card. Yeah. Was it, was it, it was such a, like, I just felt like it was such a naive red card. Just in the sake well, of the tournament? That was the two yellows where um, the first one was like he grabbed the yes. guy. And, yeah. yeah. So I thought that first yellow was the soft part, maybe. It's just, it's a pr- just silly. Like, yeah. And then, but this apparently, was, so... apparently the players were briefed um, before this tourney that um, anything, any tackles where you you step up over the ankle and then step down on their foot is going to be yellow. And that was yeah. the second, second one. But I think... All like both of them in isolation. You're like, oh, maybe that's a yellow. And then when you totally yeah. together, you're like, geez, he got sent off for like pulling his Not shirt much, back, yeah. particularly. And yeah, maybe he's only two fouls. Yeah, the then, whole game, then yeah. it seems harsh, but in isolation, it seemed, seemed okay. Um, so they weren't Poland, malicious either. Poland became just the second side to score an own goal and have a player sent off in a single European Championship game <laughs> after Czechoslovakia in 1976. That's interesting. Nice. It's a good stat to have. Yeah, yeah. good stat. But um, disappointing <laughs> result for the Poles. Um, so let's move on to our next fixture. So this is a bit of a big one. Well, big one in my mind because I predicted the exact score. But Barney, I think you want to go a bit deeper than that, don't you? In this absolutely enthralling encounter. Yeah, I do. Very appropriate I do. that it's your game. No, uh, I, I, uh, thanks, Josh. I, um, <laughs> if for a new old draw, it was quite entertaining. I thought, like, it wasn't. It, you know, you see a new old draw and you're like, oh, jeez. I'm glad I missed that one. I, I think it was still a good game to watch. In saying that, though, I think Spain were um, uh, a bit disappointing, not even the fact that they obviously couldn't score a goal, but just like, especially in the second half, they really uh, like dropped off. And so, like, you know, Spain obviously dominated the ball in, in the first half. And, I mean, they dominated possession the whole game. They had so much possession. I mean, the in the first half, it was like, 79% to 21%, so pretty dominating. But then in terms of passing, it was 425 passes to 64, and three Spanish players had more passes in the first half than the whole Swedish team. Did, so, did like, you ridiculous feel like the, Did you stats. feel like they just weren't determined to, like, make a difference in the game? Like, they were yeah, like, oh, I, look at us, we've got the ball, we're so good. Well, like, that, take, take a risk, take a chance. Like, that's, my, that's my biggest point. Like, they, they had so much possession – and I think, like, if you look at the end stats with how much possession they had, it was 86 to 14, but they only had 17 shots. Like, if you're yeah. dominating possession that much, you should be getting 20-plus shots at least. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they didn't they – were, they were happy to just hold the ball, knock it side to side, and hope a gap opened up, but not risk, like, taking a Any taking chance a, a chance. Yeah, and you, and you see in, like, in the – we'll talk, touch on it later in the Portuguese game, but 
they took a chance and got a deflected shot and it went in. Yeah. And I think that's what Spain need to do more. The, they whole, need to- the, whole, the whole time I was watching that, I just genuinely was like, like you know what Sweden are going to do. You're the big team. Like, yeah, I yeah. honestly thought it was a cowardly performance from Spain. Wow. Just having that much ball and being like, oh, look, like we've got so much ball. Like, you know, I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Sort of their, that's sort of part of their defensive strategy, though, is, is you can't score if you don't have the ball. So if you only get the ball 14% of the game, you can't score. That's like the – it's like some teams sit back and put 11 players in the 18-yard box. Teams like Spain, they'll have a regular amount of shots, the same as the team yeah. that sits in the box, but you don't get to touch the ball, so you can't score. Mm. If that makes sense. Can, can uh, Morata finish his dinner? He's got to go next. Oh, game. He's got to go. Look, look, look back. Look back at history, and like those Spanish teams, like the the player that they were always the most critical of was the nine, like David Villa, mm. Torres. But like now, you're like, how much would you kill to just have a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net? Yeah. Like, and don't, yeah, don't be like a beautiful passer. Don't be technically perfect. Chuck Didier Drogba up there and say like, just bang him in the back of the net. Yeah. I don't, I don't see what Murata offers over Moreno as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I see Moreno, him and Moreno as like Moreno being even better because he actually has scored 23 goals this season in the Liga. Like he's, he's offering more in that he can actually finish. But yeah, Moreno's link up playing stuff, I think is very good, like at a very, very high level. But like just putting the ball in the back of the net as a fundamental skill for a striker, he just doesn't have it. If they yeah. do that, that 86% possession looks fantastic if they just put one or two in. Drop it to 75 and play some riskier passes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think it was it was very disappointing from from uh, the Spanish. And I think like like you said, the Swedish team. You know what they're going to line up? They're going to be super defensive and that. And I was so surprised that they started Rodri in the yeah. centre midfield. Like, mm. well, and it, even if you do start Rodri, fair enough. You figured out the game at halftime. Then swap him out for Thiago right then. Like, don't start the second half without Thiago on the field because. Spain are really lacking that like world class sort of player to take on the game and 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 win it for him. And, uh, and yeah, and Thiago is mm. probably their closest option to that. So like bring him on, get him in earlier, and and uh, and get him like yeah, op- like finding those gaps and exposing any sort of weak spots in that that Swedish backline. It, it yeah. makes the Slovakia um, Poland result like huge, doesn't it? Like that draw puts Slovakia mm. on top, and then. Like, as mm. you know, with um, a lot of groups where all three teams, three of the four teams are going to qualify, like Slovakia, they're sitting pretty at the moment just because of that result. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Danny Olmo definitely had the best chance for Spain, I think. That header down low, that was a great save by Olsen, who had a couple of big saves. Um, but the the Swedish the Swedish guys had a couple of really good chances themselves, and Berg, Berg. at the back yeah. post. He's a left foot base. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's only professional football, nice. mate. He, yeah. has, he doesn't know how to do it. But I think I think I was pretty impressed with um, Isaac up front. He looked very dangerous up there, and and was just sort of, I mean, he wasn't he didn't have much support around him, so he just took the game on himself and and was beating some Spanish players pretty well. And I, it was good to see from him. Laporte looks um, like he can be got at, doesn't he? At like one on one. Oh yeah. Like he's yeah. a very good he's a very yeah. good ball player. But like if I was a striker, I'd be like I fancy myself against him. Yeah, yeah, I think their, their yeah. defense looks generally weak. I think so. I think yeah, I agree that they could be get at. But um, 
Yeah, I think he's one Barney that is probably going to be, um, you know, there's always that player that has a really good tournament for like a small team and then gets signed by like a, an overinflated deal inside the <laughs> Premier League or something like that. I feel as though um, he's that's Isaac. That yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So that's what Dortmund are hoping. Yeah. <laughs> hoping for him to like get a, a couple of nice goals and look really good the next couple yeah. of games and then just get sell him on for like 40, 50 mil because they think they got him fairly cheap because um, he came straight from a Swedish team. Um, I can't remember what, what his breakout thing was. It was Champions League or Europa League or something. So but, yeah. he's, at, he's at Real Sociedad. But he's awesome. on loan, isn't he? No, as far as... Oh, they own him now. Yeah. He did have a good season there he's, yeah. he, uh, last year. But yeah, because Sociedad had a very young lineup, I think. So he was, he was leading the line for him. But yeah, I think the, there was a quote from the Swedish coach who... Um, who was saying if you think you can come to like Seville on a thirty-four degree night and dominate possession, then like, <laughs> you, then you're dreaming. He's like, and he, he was he was like, we executed our plan perfectly, and he was really proud of the team. So I think he's like bang on, and that's what you know that's what Spain should have been expecting from Sweden. Like every single game leading up to this was them sitting defensively, and like they barely conceded any goals in qualifying. So like the fact that they they sort of half did it with their lineup with Lorente at right back instead of like Cesar Azpilicueta. But then didn't bring Tiago in was just it was a bit bit of a bit of a weird one for me. All right, let's move on. So, Sean, I know you're very keen to talk about this one. So, you initially predicted Ronaldo to go goalless. We got hungry nil, Portugal three, and the big fella bangs in a double in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I was saying off air to um, Halsey that I think um, for the casuals like yourself, Jobber, who would just um, look at the score of this time have a drink. <laughs> well, they. Um, they, you just come in and go, oh, yeah, Portugal beat Smash 3-0, Ronaldo double. Yeah, no worries. But, I mean, that, Get just, the does not, out of <laughs> that does not tell – that just doesn't tell the story of this game. Like, Hungary put up yeah. a, a really good fight and defended uh, really well. Like, obviously, you look at their, their group and um, it's called the group of death and, and they, they look to be the whipping boys of, of that group as well. So, they were sort of up against it. Um, for Portugal, there's a couple of like question marks on on who was going to start, like whether Jota or um, Jack Felix was going to start. I think we discussed it on the last episode. But Santos went with uh, Jota. Oh, turns out it's not the right decision. <laughs> Ronaldo's <laughs> dropping him next game. Jota, yeah, yeah, there's, one, there's one early doors where he should have slipped Ronaldo in, and and he didn't. He took on the shot. Jeezy um, let him know. it away, and yeah, uh, Ronaldo's calm about the situation. As you, as you <laughs> Ended his own um, career. And and the other one that was at the back with um with Fonte and, and Pepe. So um yeah, Santos went with uh, Pepe, but Fonte he had a um he had a good season at um Lille and won a title. But yeah, Pepe um gets the nod, and I imagine that would be because he's mates with Ronnie as well. Um, but <laughs> were you were you impressed with Hungary at all, or did like did that? I I feel like they exceeded my expectations. They exceeded my expectations. I was I think I was impressed with their fight. Um, and their their aggression and, and how well they um, they defended, but I wasn't surprised about the quality in their team. That that's, they couldn't string a lot of passes together to, to get out, and they didn't look like they had a lot of pace to hurt Portugal. Like if you're going to play on the counter, I think you, you probably need some players with some more pace. And well, they just didn't look like they were. They, were they um they uh, also had a home stadium in Budapest with a uh, full crowd as well. Yeah. So and that was a, another one that had a great atmosphere in it. Which is mm. um, it, like it was nice and loud there. I, I wouldn't say it was. It didn't seem as loud as when I was watching the the Scotland um, game. But yeah, uh, like that that was um, that was nice to see all fans back, and it did seem a little bit weird to be honest. Um, but Portugal dominated possession seventy percent, and then they really just wore them down towards the end. And the first goal coming in the eighty fourth minute, 
Um, and and then Ronaldo finished them off then, like a, a nice pen and um, a little chop inside and, and a finish. But I expect to see some changes in this Portugal team for the um, Germany game, to be honest. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think this was an... Oh, I think I think Jota will go. I, I think... Um, you reckon? Felix, yeah, I, I do. I think Felix will come in. And then um, potentially um, in the Portugal's midfield as well. Um, I'm not sure if you need the, the two pivots there. So, like, um, Danilo and um, uh, Willie um, started. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Renato Sanchez comes in for him. I'm not sure. That was the other question I was going to say. Do you think, like, in a game like this where similar lineup to what a, what Sweden were doing, what Hungary would do, is, like, you bring in a more creative midfielder in one of those pivots like a Ruben Neves or a, or a something like that? Yeah. yeah. Like a Sanchez, like earlier, who's going to be able to break those lines a bit better than than having, you know, those two very defensive-minded players in. No, I agree. I, you didn't need two sitting midfielders in this game, especially when you want to break them down. And then he didn't make that. He didn't change um, Big Willie and didn't take him off until the 81st minute. But even mm. then he brought Sanchez on. So, yeah, it, it did seem a, a little bit um, unusual. So, like, I know Renato Sanchez plays a little bit high and has probably got a bit more pace to his game. Um, but, yeah, he still sat in that, that deep pivot. So, yeah, i like to see a little bit more ambition from Portugal. But then again... Um, what you'd like to see and what they're known for and what they're actually going to do for the rest of this tournament is very different. That that That's not how Portugal play. They're, I think they're going to go into every game two pivots. It doesn't matter who, who they play. Mm. You've got a lot of players you've got to protect in that team. Like just one way, like Ronaldo, Fernandes. Like defensively, yeah, yeah true. Yeah, they're just not going to track back. Well, they have no interest. Mm. It's, yeah, it's I agree. Good. I think that, that's what will probably undo them later in the tournament where um, – they don't really have the ability to press with um, Ronaldo up there, Jota up there, and Bruno up mm. there. They're, they're not sort of known for their pressing. Um, so I think, yeah, teams should be able to get out easy enough. And I think that um, once you've got the ball for a sustained period of time, I think you could probably get out um, sort of Pepe and uh, Semedo there as well. Yeah. All right, yeah, so sure. Portugal stormed to the top of the group. So we're moving on to <laughs> what was probably the highest quality fixture in the first round of fixtures. So France won, Germany nil. Josh, you were you were watching this quite closely. Was it a bite? Uh, yeah. So I think uh, I've seen a, that um, that Scooby Doo style meme. I think you'll find if you take the mask <laughs> off Rudiger, it's actually Suarez under there the whole time. <laughs> but he realised it wasn't. You just saw it wasn't much of a bite. So you realised that if he actually did a proper Suarez bite, he'd get found out and blow his cover. So he just does wants that to make it okay? It wasn't much of a bite. So. It's still yeah. a bite. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. It's fine. I, I, don't, I think you're allowed to. <laughs> so, I think when play. a nibble to a bite, that's when you need to have that like discretion. Like I think that was a yeah. nibble. You know what I mean? I think that's all right. Because like, how do you know they're not just having it? They're mates and they're having a exactly. cheeky nibble. You like, know what's the difference between <laughs> eye poke and an eye gouge? Like it's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You need to have that defined <laughs> line. So I also I also heard one on that as well where um, they were talking about apparently on Twitter people were blowing up like oh if that was Suarez he would have got a ban for life and they're like well no because Suarez has done it twice <laughs> he got like a six match ban once and a ten match ban another time so no he wouldn't have got a life ban yeah anyway I'll, I'll, uh, regarding the actual football in the game. Uh, so I guess you'd say both these teams are sort of the ones that would typically like to have a lot of possession, both France and Germany. And so it seemed like rather than sort of have that struggle arm wrestle for possession, France altered their tactics a bit and, and were the ones to sit in with only 38% possession. Um, and I think it was because they are quite solid defensively, but they do have those really dangerous weapons like, well, sorry, they have Mbappe. 
which is <laughs> the most dangerous weapon for a counterattack in the world, essentially. And it, and it worked out really well because they still made Germany look quite vulnerable defensively. Um, I think an interesting stat, I said 38% possession, and that's, you know, you think, oh, Germany probably could have had better chances. Germany had more shots, but both teams only had one shot on target. And as far as passing accuracy, they were both at around like 82 to 89%. So often when you see that disparity in possession, you'll also see the team with less possession have way less passing accuracy, but they were both pretty even across the board. So statistically on paper, it was quite an even match. Um, I've explained to you guys my 30% rule, so I won't dive yeah. into that. It doesn't really apply here. Did, um, did you think Germany – I thought Germany were the better team. I, like watching the game, and like I, I know France have got this way that they play, and they do – they tend to sit back when they play yeah. against like slightly better teams, and they're yeah. good at that. So I'm not going to like say it's negative because it probably is with the players they have. But like I thought Germany were the better team. Like no, I really enjoy watching them. That's what I, I feel. That's like I always – like I say, I've said before, like for 90 95% of the game, aside from the finishing part, sometimes one team often can be the better um, – so I, I would say that, yeah, maybe Germany were for 95% of a football match, every other area of the, the football match aside from the finishing, the better team. Um, they get Paul Pogba man of the match. I know we've sort of chatted about this. I Before I even heard this, I said he was the worst on out of yeah, both teams. Um, he just he kept turning the ball over. He's crying about everything. I wasn't a fan. I thought, I know it's like a bit of a flavor of the month thing, but Mbappe was solid enough for France. If you had to pick someone from that team, he did his job. Um, as well as Kimpembe, I thought was quite good. Mm. Um, I saw a great, and... I saw a great meme about Pogba actually, where it says um, yeah. for that ball for the goal, he played it across the field, and then someone grabbed it out and said, "Oh, Hernandez isn't even in the screenshot when Pogba hits that ball." And then it's like, well, Pogba's on the field, like he's not, he's not restricted by what you can see on the screen. He can clearly see. Yeah, that he doesn't have that kind of like, yeah. He should yeah. be able to see that. Like. <laughs> Could have been a better ball too. He, he had oh, to really sprint to get on, down mate, to the byline. That's the right peg. Bloody hell! Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it was the only good thing he did. You what about? But um, yeah, I, I agree with Halsey. I don't think his um, game was that impressive. I mean, his passing nah. accuracy was seventy-seven percent. That's really, really low. Mm. And um, the the goal that was given offside eventually was where Mbappe it's cut his inside fault. his right foot and whipped it. Yeah, it was his fault. So everyone raved about the ball that went out there, but. For me, it got stuck under his foot and he took that second too long, um, which hurt the timing of, of the run. Oh, no, it was um, no, Benzema's offside goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was, was in, supposed to throw yeah, through to him. They were both offside, but yeah, yeah he was the one offside. that held it up. Yeah, yeah. and he was um, the one that held it up. So, yeah, I'm really yeah. not impressed with his game. But um, just with uh, Germany, I'd encourage you to go back and, and look at the French goal and have a look at Rudiger's position and the decision he makes right before the ball gets um, slipped out wide. Um and he um, like he just comes like completely out of the line of a back three. Yeah. Um, he doesn't then, read it at all. Yeah. And then I think it was Pavard who went down there that that yeah. went front and, and we put mm. across. Yeah. And he's yeah he's just completely lost. I think so, I yeah, think he. I think he... I think he's potentially another one of those players who, like, he looks good next to a Thiago Silva because Thiago Silva spends ninety percent of his time telling him where to be. Yeah. Like David Luiz. Like yeah. So without. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you where to go all the time. Mate. And you guys know I that. I'll... So you go on. Yeah, I'm just to say like, that's, that's. I think Rudiger. It's just like yeah, like when he hasn't got that that direction. Say maybe Hummels wasn't giving him as much as he, as he needs. Like he yeah gets exposed and just goes wandering like like that situation. But for 
like in terms of France, I think I wasn't so, super surprised that they sat back and just soaked up a lot of the pressure and then tried to hit them on the counter. I mean, they did that for a lot of the last World Cup, which they won, mm. and it worked out very well. From like, there was a few games there. Where I think it was like a five-two against Argentina. They had and um, some games that sort of got blown out and were a bit um, back and forth. But a lot of those games, they really just ground out wins. And I was probably mostly impressed by um, Griezmann's work rate. Just to defensively, he was good. He, yeah. he was like he didn't do much going forward, but I think his job was just to sit back and just um, help out defensively. So, and he was working so hard to get back. Barney, mm. I've got a theory on that because I was watching it and thinking the same thing. How much of a better player was he at Atletico when that was what he was asked to do, as opposed oh, to yeah. Barcelona when like the philosophy changes and he's now like a guy at Barcelona that Barcelona people don't really like. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more of a volatile environment at Barcelona, I think, as well. Mm. Like, but, but Atletico, like, he's going to have long periods without the ball. They're going to ask him to defend, and then he'll have, like, you know, snippets, whereas he's Barca. They're always on the ball. It's a different style. Like, France is more like Atletico than Barca. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's, you're correct to a point. I think it's just, yeah, it's just he... Um, the environment at Barca, I think, it plays a big factor to it as well. Though. Right. I'm going I'm to gonna cr- get, oh. get us back on track because there's one thing oh. I really want to discuss. How fast is Hummels and how good is his footwork? Yeah, and so do you think I was he could have done better for the own goal, or do you think it like top corner? You're happy with that? Exactly what I was going to say. We better you know, cut I'm, to our own goal expert, Joshy. Yeah, you know I'm a stickler for centre backs putting it in the back of their net. I just 100 percent he could have done better here. I just don't understand. <laughs> like if you watch where he runs, I mean, uh, so I'm not blaming him for the goal. Uh, absolutely not. Yeah, it sounds like it. No, <laughs> yeah, but that all, way. when the ball gets to, when the ball comes to him, like when he gets crossed, <laughs> it's still a preventable goal. So it's still kind of his fault. You know what I mean? Like obviously you'd love it if the ball was played over. It hits yeah. him in the foot. Like where, that's the best part of the body in soccer that you can be hit. Yeah, hundred percent uh, agree with you. I'm glad you guys finally agree with me that this one shouldn't have gone to the back of the net because I feel like you make me sound like I'm going too harsh on the centre backs. But the bottom positioning was horrible. Why is he facing the goal? It's, yeah, he's too slow. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a good everything but speed. He's fine with like passing the ball, like winning a header, and and sort of probably communicating. But as far as a striker running at him or ball, he, got, he got away with a pen too. Like yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I can't believe I brought that up. You guys are very passionate about that one. People are putting that over the internet, being like greatest tackle ever. It's like no, it's, it's a slight tackle from behind. He got ninety percent of the leg and ten percent ball. It's a penalty. I, I just think, don't understand well, that. Bobby Moore, sixty-six, the greatest tackle ever. Everyone knows that. Like <laughs> the same thing, but with just two feet. Yeah. Uh, 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 I think it's Jezinho fly, <laughs> flying down the wing, and Moore gets him in the box. Greatest tackle ever. Um, yeah. So anyway, so friends, yeah. one 0 win, great result. Yep. So they sit second, and I think that's pretty much what most people They'll expected. Win out. They yep. should win the group. Um, I think who do they have next? Portugal. Uh, I think so. So I see, I see Portugal and Germany possibly drawing. And finishing and both going through on four points, France on six, uh, nine, going through and, Fran- and Hungary just... Fran- France have Hungary next and Germany. Uh, Portugal, Germany. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could see that a draw maybe. All right, let's move on so quickly. Not much mm-hmm. to talk about in this one. Finland nil, Russia won. Anything on this one, lads? Didn't like it. No, nah, not for me. Oh, gouge not- on uh, Pookie. That's um, oh, yeah. uh, right, a yeah, gouge. It was a poke. Yeah. A no, because yeah. a poke is a straight finger. A gouge is a bent finger. The hook, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've, been, you've been gouged yeah. before, haven't you? <laughs> I know the difference. <laughs> Both sides of the ledger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old jog menges with the eyes. Um, all right, so let's move on. So Turkey nil, Wales two. So this is all about Gareth Bale. The one thing that really pissed me off about this game was Turkey's inability to learn from 
itself. If Aaron Ramsey's getting in behind your defense, you're doing something wrong. And if, if it happens more than once, you're doing something dramatically fucking wrong. Hang on, can we can we just give Shorto two minutes here just to rant about the uh, Turkish defense, and then we'll then we'll so into particularly. Oh, I've, I've already chipped off in the, in the in the group chat, but um, yeah, like as it happened, it was just a disgrace. Like they've, they've Turkey have had like um, I think they had two or three warning shots of. Um, Bale cutting in on his left, dinking over the top to Ramsey. I think I think he scored uh, scored a goal that was offside. I think he clipped one over the bar, maybe one or two over the bar, and then eventually he got it right and um, and scored their goal. But yeah, as you say, Job, how, how long do they need to work that out? And how many warning shots do you need? That was for the first goal. The second goal laid on. They're in the corner. Take a short corner. Gareth Bale dribbles in from one side um, and creates sort of half a chance or, or whatever. Um, and then he does it again from the other side. And then again, creates a, a chance at a shooting opportunity. Then they get a third corner. And again, instead of like holding it in the corner, they're just like, mm, there's no one here. So we may as well dribble in the box. Dribble <laughs> in the box. And then that's how they get the second goal. So Bale broke a, um, a record in that game. He created uh, five clear cut goal scoring opportunities, the most in um, UEFA championship history. So, yeah, but that's got to be a new stat, doesn't it? Like, that's got to be yeah, based yeah. on these. I'm not sure um, I'm yeah. not sure yeah. Tani had that, the benefit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, no, nah, Rob is defending from, from Turkey and, um, yeah, not a Turkish dollar. Oh, no. oh yeah, all right. Is that the pod? But, the name of the pod, is but it? But the uh, Bale, like, he doesn't hide. Like, like when he was locking those balls over the top as well, he, he's not very good at hiding, like, what he's doing. So it was oh, so yeah. obvious that he was like, because the way he shapes his leg and body to hit him is so obvious. So he, like you can see he's going to dink one over the top. And yeah, like you said, they did not pick up on it once. Not if you're sawing to, yeah. Yeah, but like the centre-backs is one problem. But I mean, the other thing is the pressure on the ball from Bale. So Bale's on the yeah. outside. He tucks in and he's able to get his head up, drift inside and dink it over the top. Like put some pressure on the ball. Like if you're, if you're in the pre-match meeting for Turkey and you're like, mm, who should we press? Who should we keep their head down? Um, who should we not give much room? It's obviously Bale, and then just let him drift inside and do Joe Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the TV, I'm watching my TV screen, and I'm going, oh, fuck, someone, someone chuck Ramsey. Ramsey, again. Oh, shh, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. He had so much space, too. It wasn't just he's like not, just getting. And he's not fast either. So it's not like they had to react like really quickly. It's not Mbappe, it's Aaron Ramsey. That's why he missed the first the... Sorry, sorry. Do we need to talk about the um, penalty? No. I'm trying to remember it. No, 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 no. As the ball comes, and how up. bad it was! <laughs> how bad it was! Oh my god, terrible! Fail. I think. What, oh, so I what he's done? Kick, yeah. yeah. So what he's done? He's gone to take the pen. And I think what um, the new rule is that the keepers not new rule. The rule is now being enforced. Is that keepers have to stay on their line until the ball is kicked? It's always been the rule. Now it's being enforced. And so I think what keepers are doing, they're staying up longer on the line, and then they're trying to like make a later decision. But players who take penalties where they sort of wait the keeper out, depending on what mm. way they pick, and then go the other way, um, are finding it troublesome in this because what's happened is Bale's one of those, and he's waited, he's waited, the keeper's waited on Bale and waited on Bale, and then eventually Bale's like, I'm going to have to pick a side. He's seen the keeper go, and the keeper's high, so Bale's like, oh, instead of going you know, high where I was going, I'm going to have to hit the roof of the net, and that's how I think he sort of leant back. And I think if you watch the pen, you can see his mind just ticking over and, and going through that thought process. He's thinking, the he keeper's never going to save it. He's never going to save it if I hit it fucking 10 metres high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yap stand-esque, that penalty. Oh, hang on, watch your mouth. All right, so great result for Wales. Turkey still goalless in the second game. I know a lot of you boys had him as a dark horse. 
Um, I've changed mine. But mm. anyway, so probably thus far the most impressive team would be Italy. So they beat Speaking Switzerland 3 nil. Yeah. They are the dark horse and also the favourite. First time in history. Um, it's like the big chances. So um, I, I was tasked with watching this game and I was just so impressed again with the Italian. So they, they seemed to play a similar style, but again, just absolutely nothing life out of Switzerland. And Chiro Mobley, I reckon, had three... Do we call them big chances, Sean? Is that the official terminology now, the pod? Clear cut. Clear cut, uh, clear cut I think. We'll <laughs> clear cut. Three clear cut chances and then finally gets a scrappy goal. But um, I don't know about you boys, but I was very impressed with Italy again. Yeah, I thought they were somehow better. Their passing looked better. Like they, like the first game was a training drill and that, like, and then they got their rhythm even more. It was scary. Yeah, just outrageous. If um, a Mobley could finish, they'll yeah, look out. What did you think of Locatelli? Oh, yeah, good. He's a good player. He's yeah. Good yeah. What a baller. Yeah. Um, I was really Apparently he's been criticised in the past. Go on. Sorry, I'll take this one job. Apparently he's been criticised in the past for um, not getting forward enough. And I think he proved yeah. all his oh. dad is wrong this game with the, with the double and two well-taken goals as well. That mm. first goal, his ball to Barati was ridiculous. Like Left a half volley, volley, wasn't it? Yeah, half mm. volley. He slips it out to Barati. And then Barati's directness just caused um, Ricardo Rodriguez all sorts of problems all game. So he took him on. Went around him and then, like, like it wasn't even there. And Barati just followed, uh, sorry, Locatelli follows through and just slots it home. Like, such a great goal. And that first ball was just outstanding. I yeah. think a lot of teams could really benefit from a player like Barati. Just direct. direct. And just not ne- but not necessarily like a lot of those direct players in the wing will try and cut in and go for goal. But he doesn't really want to do that as much. He just wants to mm. cut in and get a cut a ball, like a low He'll ball go across. Either side, but he's, yeah. he's so good because he's the opposite of Insignia. Like insignia, yeah. yeah. all the other things. Like he's so clever, he's quick, but he's very clever at getting into space. Barati's just direct. Yeah, it's good to have that mix. Yeah. Do you know who else really caught my eye um, outside of Chiellini for being um, <laughs> potentially scoring a goal? And I'm absolutely oh. convinced he tore his hamstring celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> which you'd love to see. Celebrating a no goal. Hey, that that <laughs> genuinely hurts their chances later on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serbi's good, but he's not Chiellini. But they got no. good depth in that position. He's a warrior, but. Like that's, that He'll play. He'll so be fine. Um, so great result for Italy. Um, Switzerland, not a great deal to take out of this game, but Italy obviously top of the group now qualified. Do you think they rest a couple of players in the next game? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. they'll they'll make wholesale changes. Um, and not only will they top their group, and I think they'll come through um, Turkey quite easily, even with a rotated squad. What they'll end up doing is playing the third place of Group C. So chances are that they will be playing a an Austria or Macedonia or Ukraine in the next round. Easy, easy money. So I think if you're Italy, you in the quarters as yeah, well. Yeah, I think if you're Italy, you're you're looking at this going, geez, we look good in our first two games, and our round of sixteen draw is um, yeah. well as good as it can be at that stage of the tournament. I would think it should be a lock for that. that how do you how do you say football's coming home in Italian, Barney? Arrivederci, uh, football. That's, that's racist. Let's that's move on. That's what you can say. Ukraine 2. I have lots of Italian friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got pasta for dinner tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> so Ukraine 2, North Macedonia 1. Uh, great result for the Ukraine, but pretty much as everyone expected. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was good to see uh, Macedonia put up a good fight again. Sean's mate, Alioski. With the uh, a bad pen, but then a great follow up volley. Mm, fantastic, um, yeah, and hand. unlucky for Pandev offside goal. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. You, you By the skin the of his head, eh? 
Yeah, chopper. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Denmark, Belgium? I thought the Danish were a little bit harsh here. Harsh they were, good. They they were really were, good. They, they really went at them too. Maybe no. the better team aside from the finishing. Oh, I thought I thought they were <laughs> the better the team for probably the first twenty, but then after that, I think Belgium sort of yeah got it together and potentially all that energy come from Denmark being at home, um, Copenhagen, mm. and all like the energy and the. All the emotion built up from uh, obviously, obviously the Ericsson um, situation, mm, but definitely, yeah. I mean, what? Who was that lad who hit that pass for um, Belgium early on? They, he just they just brought him into the team. Um, for, he's a young fellow, right? Yeah. yeah, he's gone the outside of the foot trying to hit um, Tilly, and yeah, he's just missed it um, completely. And I think eventually that is what will undo Belgium, but. Going forward, they just look unbelievable. But I mean, that back mm. three looks looks creaky. I mean, they can definitely five, be really. Yeah, hundred percent. So they've already yeah. copped. Um, they've already copped an injury in in that position. Castagna's out for the rest of the tournament now with the the eye socket. Um, and then they've already made one change at, at centre back, which um, yeah, has really really cost them. So yeah, I think they look okay now, but I worry about their defence. Barney, I know you're a big Roberto Martinez fan. I thought this was just an absolute stroke of genius. So they didn't look great. Denmark <laughs> probably on top. And then he's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Bang. Brings on Kevin De Bruyne. Old move. Genius. It's um, it's Blew my I mind. I mean, yeah, definitely a stroke of genius. Who would have thought to bring on probably the best attacking midfielder in the world at the moment? Some people can't see that. That's not, no, it's, not, no, no, no. it's not as obvious a move as you think. Like, it becomes like so annoying when players are really good over time. But he's just so bloody good. Like, how many other players in the world would think to like square that ball up for that first goal? Like, you're like, I'm going to kick the shit out of this. Like, I'm going to Gareth Bale yeah. penalty this. Like, great yeah. first touch and then yeah, great yeah. first touch. Opens it up and just sees um, Thorgan Hazard and I think someone else at the back stick free as well. It might be Carrasco. Yes, Carrasco. Yeah, across, yeah, like yeah. tap in. He's just, how, good, oh. how good was um, Lukaku on the first goal? I think it was. He did his work on the sideline where yeah. he just like was just beat like three players and put a nice ball through. They as well. Once, over. once he but, gets uh, in front, he's unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he looked good in that situation, and his pace just looked unbelievable. And like it was a nice bit of play by him. But I think for him, everything went perfectly for him. So like as a defender, mm-hmm. what's the worst thing you can do to Lukaku when he's running at you? Yeah, so people ran at him and dived in on him, and he's just like, oh, that's easy, step around that, step around that. Yeah. And he looks oh, a million bucks, and the defenders look terrible. But I think, um, yeah, if that if that Danish um, um, back three sort of slowed down, like uh, I think it was Vestergaard out there and um, Simon who was coming across eventually, um, if they had defended better, I think that this whole situation could have been um, avoided. I, did- and sorry, um, Jason Denea was the guy who slipped the yeah, two tournaments for the right. first goal. Yeah, I, I, the I, I think though you got to also give credit to Lukaku for almost forcing defenders into making those decisions because, yeah. like, they, they he, he, they're scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. panic because like, sure. you look at like he's yeah. like running at you at the pace, here, and he's such a big guy as well. Like, yeah. and like you're just like the only chance I got here is if I try and quickly dive in and get it off him, and he's still too quick for you. So I think. Yeah, you're right. It, it wasn't a great decision, but I think at the same time he forces some defenders into making good defenders into making bad decisions. So it's just like that anyone runs at me. Really quick either, which hurts. <laughs> yeah, like once, oh, yeah, yeah. once yeah. you're with, once um, you're the other side of him. Are we happy with um, Michael's um, positioning on the De Bruyne goal? <laughs> I think he'd already started moving to his left, assuming a far, a far post shot, as most good strikers would do. But De Bruyne 
De Bruyne is not one to hit it at bodies. So you can see the defender coming across. Same with the one he cut back. The, the, the defender was sliding in front. So instead of shooting it, trying to shoot through a block body, he'll just hit it to the gap, either a pass or a yeah, shot. The build-up play, build mm. play to that was just like majestic. Like to yeah, create that nice. opportunity, mm. those one and two touch passing, like not many teams could do that. Cut so stuff. Denmark gone? Are we eliminating them out of this time? Unfortunately, I'd say so. Yeah. I think they're going to be gassed, yeah. to be honest. Emotionally gassed by this third game. Yeah. As you said, I think they came out and they were all guns blazing for Ericsson. And now I think they're going to be really tired because they didn't get the win they needed to keep that emotional eye. So I think well, they'll be gassed for yeah. this game. The, that, that, that's what I was doing with my prediction. I was sort of tossing up whether like, oh, they're going to ride all that emotion and then it's going to carry them through the game. Or mm. is the, the quality of um, Belgium going to just come through and, and be too much? And it turned out to be sort of half both right because that, that mm. first 20 minutes, they, Belgium looked great. Uh, I'm sorry, Denmark looked great. And then, yeah, the quality come through eventually. Yeah, All definitely. Right. So let's move on next one. So Netherlands 2, Austria nil. Not a great deal happening in this one. Anything of note in this one for you boys? The, the Dutch look solid again. Uh, otherwise, nothing was jumping out at me. Dumfries, two goals. He's, he's looking at the golden boot. Do you get two? I thought you got one. No, no, no. It's right. a two, two this tournament. Yeah. Two this tournament. Oh, sorry, yeah, one, one this game. Yeah, no. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to speak to the people at um, UEFA who are doing the team lineups for Austria. So um, Alaba <laughs> was obviously named um, captain, and they had him starting at um, left midfield. He played centre-back. So yeah. I don't know who's doing the graphics out there, but, um, yeah, he was definitely not playing at, at left midfield. And they did the first game as well. I heard some criticism yeah. of Austria saying that like they're not very good. Alaba's obviously the best player. They should push him more forward. How do you feel about that? I feel like you're at too high a level to be like, oh, because he's our best centre back, we should play him at centre mid. Like that's yeah, like it's a not under amateur 10s. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's just I ridiculous. Think the reason they play him at centre back as well is because um, he talks a heap. Yeah. Like I know when mm. Alfonso Davies was coming through, sort of like starting to break through in the top in the Bayern team, they had Alaba on the left centre back next to him because he would just be in his ear the whole game telling him where to be and because he's also played at left back, so he knows. So I think he sort of directs the back line a bit from there as well. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I yeah. think they play him there, as you say, because he talks. And the other thing is um, he is a centre back. So, yeah, he's really yeah. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah he's one of the best in the world right. in his he, position. I got, two, I got two, two points on this game. One, how good is the Austrian tactic of once you go down a goal or two, and you're in probably the last 25 minutes of the game, just let Alaba just roam wherever he wants. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what he did for the last 25 minutes of the game. He was everywhere. Like, you're watching some of the highlights, and he's like, he's over left mid whipping a ball in. He's center mid driving but through, getting a one-two to have a shot. Like, that he doesn't just goes work everywhere. In, it doesn't work in football. Like, it's too well set up. It's not a thing. Like, it's not like he's, I don't okay, know, like my, a basketballer. Go. Yeah. My, my second point. <laughs> the second yeah, point is uh, how good is Frankie De Jong? Yeah, he just he just he yeah. just runs the game from the center park, and he could be uh, one player who could really sort of push Netherlands maybe further than where people think they might end up. Um, I think he just he just really like even with Bernardo as captain and sort of like leader of that team, like De Jong sort of the pace setter for the midfield and the team moving forward. I think he's he was he was hugely impressive for me. Yeah, I still worry about them defensively, but um, I just don't think they're as good as the other teams. So we're going to whip through these fast boys. So move yeah, on to smash preview. them so out. Hot Sweden, round. Slovakia. Barney, you're buzzing about this one. What what do you think? Sweden, Slovakia. I think this could be a uh, nil all draw again. 
I'm thinking after Sean said last time that Sweden scored one goal in the last Euros, I think they could maybe replicate it or go even worse and get no goals. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If Spain couldn't score against Sweden. All right, Sean? Uh, I'm, I think I'm going for I'm going for a draw, I think, mate. Halls yeah. right, gives nil. Nil. Everyone nil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. I think I'm going nil all as well. I am going to avoid this Good one call. like the plague. Um, yeah. All right. So Croatia, Czech Republic. Sean, I know this impacts your life. What's it going to be? Um, I think the Croats are going to get it done. I think it's going to be two one. Hoz. Yeah, Croatia. Uh, yeah, by a goal. Don't know if it's going to be scored or what, but just a goal. Barney. Yeah, I think I agree. Croatia the same. All right, I'm going to, to go win. with the draw. I was unimpressed with Croatia last time out, and the Czechs are riding high after Schick scoring from everywhere. Yeah, good point. All right, so probably the, the match of the round. This is the one. This is the one, eh? Three lines on the shirt. Um, so England versus <laughs> Scotland. Barney, I'll go to you first. Who do you like in this one? I think England will be too good for this. I think it'll be a highly emotional and very tense affair, but I think England will win this one out. I reckon it might be another 1-0 win. Halsey? 3-2 to England. 3-2. Game of the tournament. Ooh, how are the Scots going to score twice? Who is going to score those goals? <laughs> Andy Robertson. Tierney. Oh, stop it. No, no. Nah. Nah, nah. I don't know who, but it's going to be... It's going it's <laughs> to be... happen. I mean, who would have predicted Schick to score from halfway? You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think this is... Like, Euros, I, man. I, I would have predicted that earlier. They're my dark the horse. They need to do something. Jesus. <laughs> All right, Sean, who have you got? I can sense your tension from here. Um, the oldest international fixture uh, yeah. between um, England and Scotland. Um, I think um, England will win 3-1, and I expect to see some changes from Gareth. I think most of the teams that have played their second game have gone with like two or three changes, so I expect those changes probably either fullback spot or the wide players. Um, and I really want to see England go for it because we finish second. Um, it's an easier route in the next round, but yeah, 3-1. Two questions, both very important. Will Marcus Rashford play and will Jaden Sancho play? Uh, Marcus Not Rashford. will start and Sancho will come off the bench. Um, he wasn't in the matchday squad, but he'll be in the squad and potentially come off the bench. All right, so I'm going for England in this one too. I think they'll win 4-0. I just don't think oh. it's going to be very good. Um, all right, Hungary versus France. Sean, you first this time. Go. Uh, France, 3-0. Hoz? France, 4-0. Barney? Yeah, France, 3-0. All right, I'm going to go France 2-0. Um, just Aww, to complete the, yeah, just complete the order. Um, all right, so Portugal, Germany. So this is one I'm absolutely buzzing about, but it's under yeah. a really inconvenient time. Halsey, I'll throw to you first. Yeah, I think it's going to be 2 all draw. Really exciting stuff. That is exciting. Barney? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think this could be – it's two shaky defences, I think, going at each other. I think this could be a high-scoring affair. Uh, I think Portugal will get over it, though, 4-2. Portugal, oh, I'd love to see that. Portugal have the player of the year playing defence and you're calling their defence shaky. Next show, to Pepe. Show some, oh. <laughs> I love Pepe. I'm not going to hear that. All right, Sean. I um, I was on Portugal and I flipped after watching um, Germany Ooh. play against France. I think they look decent and so I'm going for Germany and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. So I'm going Germany 1-0. All right, I'm going to flip everything on its head and I'm going to back the great man himself, Ronaldo. No Coke, but he will get himself a goal um, and they'll win 1 0. So you can put that one down. All right, so Spain, Poland. Uh, Sean, who do you like in this one? Uh, Spain, easy. Barney? Um, I think Poland might actually get up on this one. 
I think Spain Ooh. are looking, looking average. Shit. I think right. Lewandowski right. to find his shooting boots. I reckon Spain are going to have even more possession here. And based off, I, I don't think Lewandowski is going to get a single touch and Spain will win 1-0. I'm going to go with Barney. I'm going to go with Barney on this one. I think that Spain are going to have a shitload of possession, but Robert Lewandowski will get chances against that back four. Um, and yeah, definitely. He'll score it's not a goal. Bayern Munich. It's, uh, it's Poland. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's not getting the service. It's a great, the great Poland side. Um, all right, so next one is Italy versus Wales. So we could see the Italy B or even C team roll out in this one. Um, They'll still do them. Yeah, by much? 3-0 3-0. Again? Yeah, yeah, I called 3-0 the last one. Stick it by it. Easy. <laughs> all right, Barn? Yeah, I think Italy will easily get this one in. I think, yeah, 2 or 3-0. Mm, Sean, anything from Gareth Bale? Oh, yeah, I think um, Bale will get a consolation. I'm going Italy 2-1, and they will heavily rotate their team. You think Bale mm. can slide Ramsey in from midfield and they sort of just sneaks behind Benucci? <laughs> no. no, no. Oh, they might have watched the take. the um, Italian defence might <laughs> need be to. slightly more cultured. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Italy as well, but I think it'll be probably 2-1. I think they'll rest a range of players. So last one, Switzerland versus Turkey. So this one is critical um, for all mm. those Dark Horse fans out there. Barney, who do you like in this one? Well, I've got to, got to back my Turkish delights, don't I? If Turkey um, win, I, can they still go through? Uh, it's got to be a big swing in goals, I think. Like it, like Wales would have to... Well, Wales drew their first one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. They could go to the third place spot, depending if other results go. Yeah, I think they'd have, to, they'd have to get a big swing in goals. Like they'd have to win by a fair few, I think. Cause they need lot... like, draws in other groups to get through yeah. to be the best. I mean, they've, yeah. they've conceded five and haven't scored one. so <laughs> They're not looking good. They have to basically win 5 new, I reckon. Still trying to figure out that runner as well. Um, yeah. Right, yeah, I think it's a... Yeah, I think yeah, that's really. relevant because Switzerland are going to win this one. I think <laughs> they haven't got the... Yeah, I think Switzerland is a better team than Turkey. They'll win 2-0. Short? Yeah. Yeah, Switzerland. Comfortable. All right, I'm going with the Turks. They have to eventually get better than how they've been. So, um... For Mark Milligan, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Barney, have you got us a multi? No, no, I'm still working on one. I've, I've, uh, I'm just going through all the algorithms, and I've got some some big ones coming in. So, the last, is, <laughs> is last few have been shit. So, I don't well, Shawnee's wasn't, wasn't much better. So, I don't want to. I got no money left. But, but just oh. a reminder for everyone: all from uh, match day three. So round round uh, third round of games, all the uh, groups of games are played at the same time. Oh. So, so no no match oh, fixing, no match fixing. So it's gonna it's gonna really ruin our, uh, our multis. Oh, I was gonna yeah. double that. Haitian, Guam, Canadian. He's Canadian. I don't I don't I don't think they're all at two a.m. necessarily, but they're all like each group will be at the, run at the same time. That's actually a very useful community service announcement from you, Sam. It's well, like, yeah, nice. I'm some value. Finally. <laughs> Um, all right, so if you want to get in touch with the show, footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, Football Played on Paper, Instagram at Football on Paper, and Twitter at Football on Pods. Any more from you, boys? Just go enjoy some Italian food, boys. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Mamma mia. Yeah. I've got many oh, Italian so friends. Family, what did you say? It was a direct attack at you. Have a good like, one. you look every bit 30, huh? You'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. <laughs> <laughs>